T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Eight oh six, KMOX at your service. Good evening, everyone. I'm George Sells. Little YouTube bringing us in. You can't beat that, can you? I don't think you can. Eight oh six on a Tuesday night in St. Louis. Lots to get into tonight. Going to start with a kind of a half hour of legends, if you will. Really got a couple of them back to back. We're going to start off the show in a few minutes, right after the break. Here, we're going to start off the show talking. To our old friend Charlie Brennan. Charlie has been at KMOX since 1988. He is a major thread in the fabric of St. Louis, has become that way. I mean, the man is really an embodiment of how someone on the radio can become just completely intertwined with a community. Uh, the amount of time that he's been on the air here, more than 30 years, and you don't see that too often anymore. Charlie, of course, announced yesterday that he's going to be retiring. Can't say that I blame him. He's put in a good run, and we're going to have a chance to talk to him, have a chance to ask him about his time here, ask him about his favorite memories, all that sort of thing. If you, By the way, if you've got a question that you would like me to ask, Charlie, go ahead and text us in. 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Send in a text message, and uh, we'll see if we can't get a few of your questions to Charlie that way. You can also try tweeting me at George Sells on Twitter, and we'll get a few questions from you folks into Charlie as well. But uh, that's going to be a fun segment. I'm looking forward to that. And if one legend, legend isn't enough, we will have legend number two at the bottom of the hour Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Mike Claiborne, who happens to be down in Jupiter, Florida, covering the Cardinals for KMOX and uh, ClaibsOnline.com, also his website. And uh, get a chance to talk to Claibs about uh, Albert Poults joining the club and just what the vibe is like down there. It sounds like it has been absolutely crazy uh, since El Hombre, as they once called him, came strolling into camp in Jupiter. It's going to be an interesting spring training. It's going to be a very interesting year now, having Albert involved in Cardinal baseball again. I mean, wow. That was one. I always knew it was a possibility, and I was excited about the concept. I, I liked the idea of the experienced right-handed bat. We won't get too deep into the, the sports end of it, but uh, you also could see the the business end of it. 
and you you already see it. The price of opening day tickets more than doubled, like snap of a finger. It was just boom. Albert signs. Everybody and their brother goes online and starts snapping up tickets from the uh, secondary ticket sites, and uh, the ticket that was twenty six bucks is now several hundred. Done, and that's just one day. I, I would suspect we'll also see a run on tickets for the last two or three games of the regular season. Just to, you know, people people are gonna be sitting here doing math. Okay, everybody's going to become some kind of a mathematician in St. Louis because Albert Pujols needs 21 home runs to reach 700. And he has averaged, like last year, he had 17 home runs playing some in the National League, some in the American League, not getting, not yet having the DH to benefit from for most of the season when he was with the Dodgers. But hit that 17 home runs, was on a pace for roughly one home run per 10 at-bats. So, this is better than that thing. You know those games they used to have where they had the big, huge jar and they filled them up with jelly beans and whoever came up with the closest number got to take the jar home? Okay, the person who wins the jar is going to be the person who can figure out between how many left-handed starters the Cardinals are likely to face and how many at-bats Albert will get as a pinch hitter facing left-handed pitching in the games that he doesn't start, adding in also the prospect that every once in a blue moon, Paul Goldschmidt will need a blow and he'll play out in the field at first base. So figuring that out, how many at-bats is that, divide it by 10, count the games, and figure out which game you need to have a ticket to to see him hit number 700, if he can do it at all. That, my friends, is the equation for 2022, for every Cardinal fan, he or she who figures that out will have one heck of a memory should that come to pass. Now, my hope is and my prayer is that Albert and Yachty and Wayno, you know, the big three, can actually have that sort of triumphant run uh, and and do so by staying healthy. You're ta- You're talking about older guys. You're talking about senior citizens by professional sports standards. And, you know, anybody who's over 40 knows that, uh, you know, a twisted ankle, a tweaked knee, a pulled hamstring, a strained back, uh, you don't recover from that quite as fast as you did back in the day. I'm here to tell you about that, and I'm sure most of you know it. (laughs) So with that said, uh, I hope that none of these three Cardinal icons will be met by injury troubles this year that would make this kind of grand finale sort of anticlimactic. But boy, could it be a dream season. I mean, think about the possibilities. I mean, this could be a, a novel in the making if they were able to somehow... I say somehow. They're, they're in good shape. They take incredible care of themselves. If they were to stay healthy, they were to have great years, the guys... The remaining the guy other guys on the team have the kinds of years they're capable of. A few people grow up, a couple of young players grow up around them, and this team made a legitimate run at a title. Yeah, that's that Hollywood, oh, that kind of stuff can't happen, but does in real life sometimes. That could be really something to see for all of us. But anyway, Mike Claiborne, as I completely digress through that whole situation, but Mike Claiborne will be joining us to kindly discuss 
Albert Pujols and his arrival in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, but down toward the end of the hour, you know the economy is changing when workers at the Starbucks in Ladue are trying to form a union. Think about that for a second. I'm not going to get too deep into it because I want to talk about it later. But uh, are we seeing the pendulum swing back toward the power of unions? Interesting question. I think people had kind of written them off as done. And uh, actually, it appears that, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe there's going to be a little bit, a little bit of power swinging back in that direction. So we'll have that at the bottom of the hour. Much more to come in the second hour as well. But right now, we're going to get ready to take a break. And we are going to gear up for legend number one of the evening. We are going to get ready to have a talk with Charlie Brennan. That is coming up next right here on KMOX. I'm George Sells. We're at your service. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Trusted information, live and local. From the award-winning KMOX Newsroom. This is the end, beautiful friend. The end? This is the end. Say it ain't so, Charlie. Little Jim Morrison to kick off this segment. Hey, George, how you doing? (laughs) I'm good. Let's do the proper introduction, ladies and gentlemen. Charlie Brennan joining us. I had to throw some Jim Morrison in there because I hate to see that this is the end. But Charlie Brennan announcing yesterday he is retiring after, goodness, 34 years here at KMOX, uh, a staple of the community, a part of the fabric. And Charlie, uh, it is with mixed emotions I greet you tonight. Well, hey, uh, thanks, George, and thanks for inviting me on. It's it's mixed. It's with mixed emotions that I join you because I'm going to miss working with people like you and everybody in the morning show. But, you know, after really technically 33 and a half years at KMOX and then another six that I spent working professionally in Boston, my goodness, that's almost 40 years. And I just thought, it's time. Yeah, I, I can understand that, certainly, but it's... Uh... It's got to be a tough call when you're still you know, at the top of your game. It's kind of it's kind of the the Tom Brady decision, if you will. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, but I, I mean it seriously too, though. It's like you know, you haven't lost a step, lost a step. You haven't lost your fastball. Is it hard to to walk away when you feel like you're still like you still got it? Well, you're too kind. You know, I don't know if uh, I'm at the top of my game. Uh, the, the only thing I have in common with Tom Brady is that both our last names begin with B R and. Uh, <laughs> 
that that kind of ends that. But, you know, I have this theory that you need to learn new things just to stay sharp. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm kind of concerned about that. And I think that you have to pursue activities that are new just so that you keep your mental synapses sharp. And there is a certain sameness that occurs with anything when you've done it for 40 years. And I, I'm really going to miss the people, that's for sure. But I, I've been putting, probably like you and everybody else, you put little things on the to-do list and on the back burner, and you issue rain checks, and you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that when I have a little more time. Well, I think now is the time to do it. So let's get into some of the questions. I'm going to start with one that you've already been asked dozens of times, I'm sure, and will be asked many more times, particularly in the next few weeks. But uh, an interview or two that just stand out, that'll be that'll be the ones you'll remember, that'll be the ones that you would, if you were going to put it on your own epitaph. Oh, well, uh, President Bill Clinton called into the program from Air Force One on June 24th, 1994, it made every newspaper in the country front page of the New York Times. They even printed a transcript of the interview. That's when he attacked talk radio and Rush Limbaugh and Reverend Jerry Falwell. And uh, it was um, it was 15 minutes of fame, George. And then you just played uh, Jim Morrison, uh, you know, the end. I believe that was in Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget uh, where you're sitting right now, I guess, uh, Robert Duvall, who, of course, said there was napalm in the morning. Or, you know, it smelled like he loved the, smell, the smell of napalm, napalm in the morning. He went to high school and college in St. Louis, sat in our studio and told us that, you know, his first introduction to uh, theater was at the Muni. I really enjoyed that interview. I, I, I know it sounds kind of strange, but I really enjoyed interviewing Chris Elliott at Blueberry Hill. It was just a really fun night. And um, had just we, we've been able to take part in a lot of community activities through the program, kind of raising money for troops or flood victims. I, I really like those broadcasts as well. And you also, you're always the guy that, I mean, just to the last couple of weeks even, I'm, I'm driving into work one morning and uh, you're organizing folks to go up and go out and pick up trash on a, on a street or in a park where they, somebody noticed that there was a big mess. That was always kind of a big, big part of what you did. A little bit, yeah. In fact, we have one on Saturday. We're going to be picking up litter in both North County and and, uh, in Brentwood. And if folks want to join us, just shoot me an email at cwbrennan at kmwex.com, and I'll give you the details. However, yeah, I always thought that taking part in community activities was a big part of big AM radio stations. KDK in Pittsburgh and WBZ in Boston, uh, KMOX in St. Louis, uh, they were part of the community. And uh, they not only... um, were uh, delivering news and information and entertainment, but also trying to make the community better. I think media corporations should do that. Remember Colonel Robert McCormick of the Chicago Tribune and all the great things that he did. And, of course, he uh, named uh, O'Hare Airport after a St. Louis kid, Butch O'Hare. That media companies should do that. They should embrace the community and get involved. And I, even growing up in Cleveland, WMMS in Cleveland always had uh, you know, all these radiothons and activities to help the, uh, Northeast Ohio. I just think that's part of being a broadcaster. And being a broadcaster has changed a lot. This uh, this thing we call radio has changed a lot. Uh, in the last, uh, you know, 20, 30 years, 
from the time when somebody in your position on an AM radio station at every single city had those really big AM radio stations and they had those people that everybody knew and they were the they were the, the salt salt of the earth and the the kings of the community sometimes and I don't think we in St. Louis maybe appreciate enough that KMOX has managed to stay as one of the you know, big pillars in the community as a radio station, whereas a lot of places the AMs have just sort of faded away. Yeah, I was kind of talking about that today with uh, some folks around the radio station. You know, when I first started out in the business, and this would have, as an amateur anyway, in 1978, um, and I know your younger listeners are going to be yawning at this, but <laughs> we were afraid that FM was the big competition on the AM side. You know, we were afraid of FM. And now then AM and FM got competition, not only from television, but cable television, and then expanded to the Internet and social media. <laughs> you know, and there was a time, you know, when you, when you wanted the sports score or the stock report, the weather forecast or the traffic, the place to go was your AM radio station, you know. And that's, of course, not the case anymore because there are so many ways to get information. So I, I guess our key is really to remain local because – we do that pretty darn well, um, but it's not what it used to be. And it's kind of funny. I'll tell you, one time Rush Limbaugh was coming to St. Louis to broadcast George in the studio. This was about 1994, 1995, and he always read the Washington Post before his show. Now, today we all can go to uh, WAPPO.com or whatever it is, Washington Post Online, and get the news. But at that time, because Fred Zelanko our producer, had to go to Lambert. And when the TWA flight was coming in from Washington, D.C., he asked the passengers if he could take their Washington Post and then drive it to downtown St. Louis and give it to Rush. <laughs> Funny how things change that way. A good way for him to get the, get the inside baseball on something maybe that nobody knew. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and Rush, Rush was, in a way, was envious of you at one point when you had a job here and he couldn't get one. It's true. Uh, at one point at KMOX, we had Rush's cover letter framed. It was his cover letter seeking work at KMOX. He didn't get the job uh, for for whatever reason. He didn't fit the mold. And yet, when I got here in 1988, uh, I officially started September 20th, 1988. About a month or so later, Robert Hyland knew that there was this emerging radio guy who was on WIBV in Belleville, and he wanted to hear him, so he had me interview him on a uh, Sunday afternoon, and it was kind of Rush's tryout in a way, but not to be a local broadcaster, but for maybe KMOX to carry his syndicated show, because he was syndicated by that time. And it didn't work out then. It wasn't until uh, Mr. Highland passed away in 92, and then about 94, Rush started on KMOX. But when he was younger, and I think his, what was his nickname on air? Was it Rusty Young? Was that his on-air name. I'm not he sure. applied to uh, KMWX for work and, for whatever reason, didn't get the job. Amazing, amazing. But Charlie but, you know, Brennan Phil Donahue did. told that... me the same thing. You remember Phil Donahue? He got out of Notre Dame. All he wanted to do was work for KMOX, and he didn't get the job. That's amazing because because there are a couple of – talk about a couple of people that change talk, both television and, and radio. I, get, I guess it shows that uh, – You'll have your hits and you'll have your misses when you're trying to judge talent, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Uh, I got a lot of those stories. At one point, 
George Norrie was hosting a show on KMWX Overnights, and Tom Langmire, our general manager, just thought he was too wacky, too out there. So he jettisoned George Norrie, who, of course, has gone on to great fame as a syndicated talk show host. (laughs) (laughs) You know, these things happen. And uh, there there are others, too. There's a guy, oh, golly, you know his name, John. He's got a deep voice, and he used to be an announcer on the Olympics. John Tesh. John Tesh. Tesh, yeah. Yeah, he applied for a job at KMOV Television, and they didn't like him because of his southern twang, they told him. <laughs> of course, John Tesh was from Long Island, so go figure. <laughs> well, he must have been from the South Shore. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I was I was asking folks out there if they had questions for you, and the the first one I got, actually, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and give him some time here. The first one I got was actually from my father listening in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who texted me, and he wants to know... And I'm going to make I'm going to break the golden rule of radio and ask you a question I don't know the answer to. Which of your interview guests was arrested by federal agents when the interview ended? Oh, that's a great question. And your dad must be a longtime listener because I was hosting a program. I'm guessing this was. Uh, by the way, tell your dad I said hello. In 1990, 91, it was the evening because my first shift was working eight to. 11 at night, and then on weekends, and then I did some overnight shifts, too. Well, one of our guests was on the air, and I can't remember his name, but at that time, we were at One Memorial Drive, where the studio was encircled by glass walls, including this walkway around the studio, and some guys were walking around, walking around during the show, Bob Hamilton was our officer in charge, our anchor in the news, and he had let these guys in. They were looking around. Well, this guy, I believe, was selling some sort of how-to-get-rich-quick scheme. He had some sort of personal finance angle. I remember that. As soon as the interview ended, he bolted. He ran. And Bob Hamilton later told me that those were federal marshals here to arrest him, and they did arrest him on the way out. So he didn't get far. Apparently, he knew what was going on. Did you see any like? Did you see anybody scurry after him as he was hitting the door? I I did not see that, but Bob apparently did. And I'll tell you what: if you are, this is just a little cautionary tale for all folks out there. If you're trying to hide from the police, don't go on an AM radio station with fifty thousand watts uh, in the evening. That is always a bad idea because you will be heard everywhere across the country. So. Tell me, we got we've we've got you till May twelfth. Are there are there any big surprises, big big plans in store, or should I be asking Chris Milehill this question more than you? Well, that is a good question. I think we're pretty much going to conduct business as usual. There might be some surprises. I have collected a lot of the best and worst moments over the past, uh, you know, thirty three and a half years, and I'm going to probably play those on one show sometime that last week. Uh, we'll call it our worst fest. You know, it, hopefully it'll bring a smile to people's faces and then kind of demonstrate some of the good work and the bad work we did, whatever. <laughs> and, I mean, there were bad moments. I remember asking Marty Balin from Starship, you know, I, you know, about being on the spectrum because I had read that he was living with autism. And they said to me, Spectrum, what's that? I said, well, you have autism. He goes, I don't have autism. So, you know, 
Great moments in radio broadcasting, George. We'll be sharing a lot of those. <laughs> Don't you love doing it live? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always, it is always something. So you said there are things you want to do still. Did, is, what, what is the thing you were most looking forward to doing? Is, there, is it a trip? Is it a, a something here in town? What's the thing you can't wait to do as soon as uh, you sign the retirement papers and walk out the door that last time? Well, I'm going to walk out the door the 12th, and then uh, a week and a day later, my son graduates from college. So we're going to Charlottesville. We're going to uh, go to some wineries. We're going to go to Monticello. We're going to uh, drive around Virginia, probably our last visit there for a while. Probably go up to New England, little family vacation. This summer we're going to Michigan. We're going to go to France. Uh, my wife and I celebrate 30 years of wedded bliss on April 4th. And so we're planning a trip to Ireland and to celebrate that. And uh, let's see, those are the big travel plans for this year. There might be more. We'll find out. Uh, probably a trip to New York because my daughter uh, lives there. Okay. And then I think I'm uh, going to get involved in the community. I just had my first meeting today with the uh, Clayton, they call it the Police and no, it's Clayton Fire and Police Foundation. So I'm going to be on the board of that. And. Uh, I have a lot of other little projects that would bore you to tears, but I'm going to try and stay busy and maybe do a podcast or, a, you know, maybe a weekend show once in a while for KMOX. That's not clear yet. Okay, so a lot going on. The line is currently forming out in the newsroom to be your bag valet for all these exciting trips you're getting ready to take. Oh, yeah, right. And, and Charlie, well, we, I don't know. we thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we thank you for being uh, so much a part of KMOX and... All of us who listen to this radio station, uh, I get to play fanboy here for a second on behalf of everybody who has thoroughly enjoyed you being a part of our lives for all these years. So thank well, you George, so much. Thank you so much. And tell your dad I said hi. Uh, that was I, I'm just blown away that he knew about that question, so that's really cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to find out how he found out about it. Anyway, have, have a good one, Charlie. And we've got him, folks, until May 12th, Charlie Brennan on KMOX. KMOX at your service on a Tuesday night. I'm George Sells with you up until 10 o'clock. Talk of the town last couple of days. Talk of much of the two time zones in the eastern part of the country, really. Albert Pujols returning to the Cardinals. And there's been no better buzz than in Jupiter, Florida. That's where we find KMOX's Mike Claiborne down covering the Cardinals for us. And Mike, uh, what has it been like down there these last couple of days with Albert Pujols returning? Well, first, George, it's good to visit with you tonight. Uh, it, it's been different. It's been different than anything I've seen in the 25 years the Cardinals have been here at uh, Roger Dean Stadium. Um, it, it was just an incredible buzz, uh, not only from the fans but even the players because you have to think about there are only three guys who were around Albert when he left. Skip Schumacher, who's now a bench coach, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright. Everybody else is new to the party. Um, and we don't even have guys, Goldschmidt and Arenado, been in the league that long, but they didn't play with Albert and barely played against him. So it's one of those situations where it's just a, a, a new buzz. It's something that we, we haven't heard before. And, you know, the fans have kind of taken a hold of it as well. As I mentioned earlier, that, um, you know, there's normally some autograph seekers outside the gate. But yesterday, you can multiply that times three or four of people who are outside the gate hoping to get a glimpse, maybe get an autograph, maybe get a photo. 
uh, it was different. It was quite different, and I anticipate our next game tomorrow uh, much like that. And it's even more amazing because considering the situation with the lockout, a lot of people down there who might you know, might have made plans normally to plan a vacation or something, uh, a lot of those folks aren't there. So you have to wonder where these folks are coming from. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think you had some that just said, you know, even if they're not playing, we've already made the reservations. Let's just go anyway. And that group has decided to stick around, and they obviously were rewarded with Albert being part of uh, yesterday's festivities. So there's still some people here, and as things are starting to wind down, uh, it's starting to thin out just a bit. We haven't had a complete sellout at any of the games this year. But that was to be expected considering the late time that everything got started. So are we expecting to see him in the lineup tomorrow? I don't think we'll see him tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, we're going to be basically either here or in West Palm Beach for the rest of the, the spring training schedule. I do anticipate him getting in a game, uh, if nothing more than a DH. I think it really hinges more on who the opposition is going to provide as far as left-handed pitching. You're probably going to see him face left-handers more than anything else. And I'm sure there'll be some occasional right-handers that he's had prior success against. He might get in the lineup against them. So, yeah, I anticipate either tomorrow or Friday or Thursday, rather. Uh, we've got some night games coming up, so they'll they'll find a way to get him in there. I'm curious what you think is going to be his biggest a- impact. And I I couch it this way. <laughs> There's obviously the impact on the field. There is the big bat that is still there to a lesser degree from what we saw when he was last year, but can still smoke left-handed pitching. But there's also the guy in the clubhouse. And you even got a hint of it yesterday. I saw a quote from Adam Wainwright talking about how the day was wrapping up and all the young guys had gotten showered up and were getting ready to leave, and they saw Albert and Yachty head out for the batting cages to take some more swings, and all of a sudden there was a rush of guys going back in to get dressed. Is yeah, that... it, was, it was amusing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's going to be a huge element of what he's going to be here for, is to try and help younger players. Uh, and I would imagine, and this is when you want to be a fly on the wall, where you can sit in a room and listen to him talk to Goldschmidt and Arenado and Yachty about hitting and, and approach. And some of those young guys certainly want to be around to hear that and maybe make comparisons on, on how they've done things. So it's going to be a lot of knowledge being passed. And Albert is the most observant person I've ever been around when it comes to baseball. He doesn't miss anything, and Yachty's the same way. So those two guys are going to see who's tipping pitches. Those two guys are going to predict what the next pitch is going to be. I mean, they, they've got that sort of knowledge about how to break down a pitcher and what he's trying to do to you. You've been around Albert as long as anybody in the sports media in St. Louis. Uh, big picture. What what does this mean? Because they kind of I already asked partially at least. I already asked the in the dugout question versus the on the field question. But you've also got the the marketing phase of this. Uh, you know, what does Albert Pujols returning to this club in 2022? mean to the St. Louis Cardinals, do you think? Well, it means a lot of things. Um, we know what he he's capable of doing in the dugout and on the field, but I think when you look at from an interest standpoint, you know, tickets are going to be at a premium again. Um, just the buzz around town, the history that Albert uh, had here in St. Louis, 
you know, he made an interesting point yesterday. He really never left St. Louis. You know, he still has his foundation here, uh, and he always comes back for various events. So it's just like a just a homecoming, more or less. But I think it's just something that I, I think a lot of people will embrace. Uh, there's no bad feelings toward him. I think the two times he's come back to St. Louis as an Angel and as a Dodger, he was received unlike any person we've ever seen from the opposition. And uh, to see that perhaps more than often this year is going to be something we'll never see again because he said this is it for him. After this season, he's done. We've heard some great roars in Bush Stadium. Albert Buholtz has been at the center of some of them, obviously, many of them. Uh, what do you think opening day looks like in comparison to some of those biggest moments when uh, when they come in and they do the introductions? Yeah, this will be the biggest opening day moment we probably have had since the Cardinals won the World Series in 2011, that opening day in 2012 and the ovation David Freeze received, um, that was one thing. But this year, when you think about it starting with the Cardinal Hall of Famers and Ozzie Smith and Mike Shannon being there, and then you think about Wainwright and Yachting, Goldschmidt, Arenado, and then here comes Albert. I mean, it's going to be something unlike anything we've ever seen. And I'm I'm hoping that you know people in the weather department where we can have a nice, <laughs> clean day of no rain, uh, maybe somewhere in the high 60s, slight breeze, uh, and the sun will be out. And we can enjoy this uh, in comfort, more or less. That would be a nice thing to see, absolutely. It's going to be quite a day. I guess it's not surprising to tell you that uh, in the uh, aftermarket uh, for online tickets, the uh, price of opening day tickets more than doubled yesterday. I heard. I heard that there was a point where you can get a ticket for 25 bucks that all of a sudden went to 69 bucks uh, after the announcement. And I'm sure it'll continue to climb. Um, so it's going to be a day we won't ever forget. And um, it'll be a day that the opposition, the pirates won't forget either because they have to be part of it. <laughs> well, doubling back to where we started, which is uh, the, the scene in the field in Jupiter. What are the, what are these next few days like? What, what is he doing? What is the team doing? And because I, I would think Ali Marmol has got his plate a little full from the standpoint of sort of weaving him into the everyday de- dealings of being a St. Louis Cardinal. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that challenging to be honest with you, because you know they'll find a bats for Albert's going to be your right-handed designated hitter. Okay, so that that's already been cut and dry. Um, getting him some innings in the field, that's not going to be a problem either. You know, Paul Goldschmidt can switch up and maybe he'll DH a couple of days. So it, it, it won't be as much of a challenge. And if there's one thing about Oliver Marmot is the fact that he is as organized in detail as anyone you're going to run across. So this, this won't be anything that I have him scratching his head. Well, no head scratching, a lot of heads in the clouds looking forward to next week. It looks like I'm trying to check out the forecast here. It looks like they're talking about low 60s, so we may be in for something decent here. All right, I can live with that. You know, 3:15 by six o'clock, it'll probably drop into the mid 50s, and it'll be good sweater weather, and that's good. I'm I'm good with that. Okay, you'll have to well, you'll have to bundle up though after your 80 degrees in fishing today. That's a rumor. Yeah, I'm you're about right. You. You're absolutely right. I might come out in the parka. 
<laughs> All righty. Mike Claiborne, thank you for taking a few minutes with us from Jupiter. Have a great evening, and I look forward to hearing from you as spring training rolls on with the Albert Pujols show. Well, George, it's always good to visit with you. Have a great show for the rest of the night, and uh, keep up the great work, man. Looking forward to listening to you when I get back. All righty. Take care. And it's 849. KMOX at your service. Pressure by Billy Joel. We'll play name that tune here with the uh, bump in music. Actually, the song is apropos for what some of the car companies in the United States might be feeling. Story out today that a Vietnamese automaker, a Vietnamese automaker, yes, is going to start building electric cars in North Carolina with an effort to enter the U.S. market, start manufacturing and enter the U.S. market in 2024. The company is called VinFast. And it's really fascinating to watch right now because you're seeing some pretty big shakeups in the car business. We're all pretty much used to a steady stream of the big three in the U.S., uh, throw in a little bit of Toyota, some Honda, some Acura, You'll get some of the more fringe players, the Suzuki's of the world. But for the most part, the auto companies, other than Tesla, there's not been much change in recent years. Uh, Then Tesla came along. And, of course, Tesla has aimed to upset the apple cart the entire time uh, through trying to build the better electric car and build the best electric car. They obviously have achieved a great deal of success because they are, at least if you go with their paper value on the stock market, at last check, they were worth more than General Motors, which is, as a, an old Detroit kid, is still amazing to me. But now you got VinFast coming along, and they're on, they're on the heels of Lucid, who you may have seen one of their commercials on the Academy Awards the other night, uh, another electric car maker. Uh, And so we're seeing this shift right now, obviously, to electric cars and the the American automakers can't outrun each other to the finish line on that front fast enough. Uh, Various ones promising to be done with gasoline sooner than the next. I believe Cadillac is the has made the earliest promise talking about 2025, but we're looking at 2025, 2030 rather for many of these U.S. automakers, and they want to be all electric, but what they are going to be doing, it looks like, is entering an electric car market that is already going to be pretty stoutly occupied, and that's going to make the whole thing very interesting for the U.S. automakers and the, the Germans, the Japanese, everybody, as we move forward, the car market is changing. And uh, there are a lot of people out there that are a little bit nervous about that. Remember they called the U.S. auto industry too big to fail? They better get to work. The MOX 857. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.